This week on the podcast, we talk about momentum, the coronavirus, and how to shape your nonprofit's message in that environment. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. Today's guest is the author of Maximum Momentum, How to Get It, How to Keep It. His name is Mike Berland. He's also the CEO and founder of Decode M. Mike, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. I feel like I'm talking to uh, a celebrity. Uh, you, I was just watching a clip of you on CNBC. What, what is going on right now that has you out there in the media and, and talking about maximum momentum and its effects uh, in our current climate? Well, there's two major issues going on. Uh, one, we're in the midst of a, a presidential election year, 2020, and the Democrats are choosing their candidate. And so we've got the final uh, two, Biden and Sanders, who um, are, are going for the Democratic nomination, which up until the last couple of weeks was the biggest thing going on. Um, but now we have uh, a new issue. We have the coronavirus going on and we have the momentum of Corona. And here we have um, thousands of people who are infected, but millions of people who are affected. And so we have the momentum of Corona. And more than that, we have the momentum of uncertainty. And that momentum of uncertainty has actually dominated everything and is and, and has now become a national um, uh, obsession. The adage, the only thing to fear is fear itself. It seems like you're talking about momentum as panic in some senses, no? Well, it's, it's momentum of uncertainty. And the trend that I'm seeing now is that we have the momentum of social distancing, which is morphing to the momentum of uh, social connectedness, social connectedness, social togetherness, and social gratitude. So we're, we're watching all of these trends. And what's amazing to me is that now, with the availability of data, um, I can see things uh, in real time and predict what the conversation is going to be three, four, uh, five days out and know where it's going. Well, that's um, that's scary in some senses and exciting in others. With regard to momentum, we keep you know you keep using this word. I don't think it means what you think it means. What is what does uh, momentum mean to you? Well, my, my definition of momentum is the you know you're the classic high school definition of mass times volume, where mass is the volume and the scale and the number of people who are talking about an issue, and uh, velocity is actually the level of engagement uh, on, the, on the issue. Uh, how much are they talking about it? Is there broad agreement? How much is it getting moved back and forth? And what's interesting is that we were always able to understand the mass, but we never understood velocity. And yet velocity is how... Um, we can sort of predict the future. The more people are engaged, discussing, sharing, that issue is going to move um, uh, faster and further within um, the community. And is it easy, let's say, to just sort of create momentum? And, you know, it seems like a mass is me communicating consistently about my topic. 
and then the velocity is well i hope people talk about it mass can be um consistency it can be you know more and more people coming in velocity is you're right there's a level of polarization uh, a level of innovation that has to come to it that gets to engagement and so that becomes the most important issue it feels like something like corona is a bit of a runaway train and if you look at certain things like google trends it is tracking off of the charts of you know any other prior natural disaster let's say as a comp certainly past you know ebola and as a scare this feels like uncharted territory does your model still hold in an in, like in a black swan event like this um the the answer is yes until it maxes out so the model I, we were able to, we've been watching um coronavirus for the past two months and we saw it go from 32 to 46 to 53 to 75 and now it's pinned at 100 i mean it's just it's it, it, everybody's talking about it. so there's no reason so this is a black swan it's off your richter scale it is off your charts well but you know what else has been off my charts TikTok has been off my charts um some of the actions that the president has taken have gone off the charts the difference here is that they go off the ch charts and then they come back down this one hasn't come back down yet. There may be a new level of sensitivity, a new level of noise, frankly, that's that's going on, and it that does feel uncharted to me. Yeah. Yes, and I, but I think it's, I, I do think it's going to morph. The reason I'm, um, even debating it with you is because I think that coronavirus itself is going to actually go down, and it will be the implications of, um. Coronavirus. What's the social impact? What is the business impact? What is the impact for travel? And that's going to become the discussion. Um, what we found is that things that um, spike like this usually just get absorbed. So coronavirus will just become our reality and it's no longer an engaging topic. Now we're talking about the implications of how our life has changed, how our business has changed. How are we going to still do handshakes? You know, are we going to hug? If you have a cough at the office, those are the things that we're going to see coming next. Mike, do we get to make a new handshake? Uh, we're going to, I think, I think the idea of shaking every Dude, stranger's hand. The elbows, man. It was on I the, like uh, the on the debate. They elbowed it. Why not? Why, well, we're um, coughing into the elbow. I feel like we should use or test some of these ideas, man. You know, you're good. Yeah, that's, I, I actually wonder why do they want you to cough in an elbow and then give a elbow hit? I agree with that. I mean... And we're going to go back to coughing in your hands and then, like, I don't know. It feels like there's some user testing opportunities here. You're on it. Some um, of the fear, and you're also with Decodem in working with many clients. I feel like a consistent fear across some of my clients right now is that if I'm trying to get a message heard, but it's in a room where everyone's shouting, and if it's in a room where there's a fire alarm going off, you ever have a conversation when you're like buildings doing a fire drill? It feels like that. Is there any point in trying to hold this meeting, having that message go out, run this campaign during a fire drill? No, I, I think right now the only thing that you can do is help people prepare for the fire, get them, you know, get them into somewhere safe. All of the conversation right now is what are you going to do um, if there's a fire? Uh, how to how to prepare to not get caught in the next fire and what to do if your building burns down. Um, the, but it's the question really is, 
when, how do you prepare for the reset? And when's the reset going to be? And so, yes, uh, for our clients right now, stay in the moment. But is the reset going to be uh, April 13th, you know, May 20th, July 4th? There's, there's going to be a reset. And how do you prepare? Because many industries aren't going to come back the same way. Um, uh, uh, with all the restaurants and bars closing down um, and, this, and the health studios closing down, they're not going to come back the same way they might, those might not even come back. So how do we prepare and support our community now and then prepare to support our community during the reset? It feels like you're talking about abandoning our classic messaging maybe and switching to a Corona adjacent type of thinking here. I think we, we need to get ready for, um, yeah, the new reality. The new, the new, the new norms are coming. Um, one of my clients is Airbnb, and we're talking about what's travel going to look like. I, people are still going to travel, but it's going to look different going forward. How do they prepare? That's a tough one. <laughs> Airbnb is a tough one. That, 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 well, what's, what's virus-free travel? Humans have an amazing ability to sort of begin to ignore and be desensitized to that alarm going off, and we do establish and reset somewhat quickly. You mentioned earlier that... You know, you have a, a bit of a knack for sensing or predict, oh, let's say predicting when things are going to cool off. If we're already indexing over 100, which I assume is like a frequency measure of conversation over time, over platform, how do you even begin to predict uh, a cooling off? Um, we're going to have to, well, I'm not even thinking that that 100 is going to go down. It's going to be, we're going to look for other um, momentum of other topics of other issues starting to go up. So I'm already starting to tr track what is um, uh, a social connectedness look like? What does social togetherness look like? Um, so I'm starting to, and, there, and those conversations are starting. There's the um, uh, the social distancing challenge was trending on, on, um, on Twitter. Like we're already seeing some of these things happening. Yeah, that's interesting. The, there's always a, some unintended consequences and clever byproducts and interesting net effects of uh, these types of events, I'd say for sure. hundred percent. And, and, and that's really the, um, the, the, the crux of the issue is, um, if you can understand where it's going to go, we can help our, our clients, we can help our organizations, we can help our communities prepare. Um, because staying in the moment is not helpful. Um, uh, uh we need to prepare for the future. This, this, this moment is what it is. We've got to start looking at what's coming next. In baseball, when a batter gets on like a hot streak and they're like starting to go up, you know, into like 400, mid 400s, I always find myself thinking like this guy is just going to regress back to the mean, right back to where he belongs and go on a cold streak. It, it seems as though momentum ultimately is an unstable state. It will regress to a mean in some senses. Is there anything that bucks that trend? No, uh, 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 momentum is um, mean reverting for sure. Uh, you have to have uh, another transformation. What's your new twist? Or you drop like a rock. And so it's it's always what uh, anticipating when you're um, when you're reading, uh, reaching peak momentum. What are you going to do to transform and innovate to get to that next point? You know, what are you know, I guess um, more on that topic? What are some of the fundamentals of momentum that aren't subject to rapid shifts in in the medium well i think the um the, the most important uh dimension that we see is there's five 
there's actually sort of five pillars. And so we look at uh, disruption, innovation, polarization, are you a sticky issue, and social impact. And if you have all five, you'll achieve maximum momentum. But if you have any subset of those, if you just have social impact and, and, and innovation, those will start to get your momentum moving. Um, if you have none of them, you're going to you're most likely going to stagnate or even uh, regress and go backwards. I love that uh, social impact is in there. Uh, is that is that like uh, aspirational? Like, and by the way, uh, no. oh, oh, wait a minute, I'm able to pull back positive social impact or just the coronavirus is impacting people. Therefore, mm. no, it's, um, you know, I when we put together the, 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 the sort of drivers of momentum, we didn't have any pre-existing ideas. Um, we weren't looking to include social impact. It came out of the data. Um, in, in today's world, if you don't have a larger purpose, uh, it's, it's just not going to be something that's going to have velocity. You might have mass because you can buy mass, but you can't you can't buy engagement. Uh, you can't get people interested in, 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 in discussing something that they, is not relevant to them or they think is worth their time. And so um, social impact is no longer uh, nice to have. It's, it's a core requirement. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad about Whole Whale University. This is our best online content packaged in courses. We're talking SEO, content marketing, Google ad grants, cybersecurity, and tons of webinars and other templates for you to use. You can buy them individually or as an annual subscription. Uh, we really put our best work in here. And if you're interested in the topics in this podcast that we tend to cover, we go a mile deep with these courses. That's wholewhale.com slash university. This is uh, everything you're saying. I see why, you know, you end up commentating so much on politics. I just laughed at myself wondering, you know, the ultimate could half a billion dollars buy momentum? Uh, a half a million dollars <laughs> cannot buy you momentum. Half a billion dollars half, buy momentum. The, that can become one of I'm the, asking uh, for a friend. Yeah. One of the most expensive uh, uh, fads of something that goes straight up and it's dropped like a rock. So the dropping like a rock. So let's say the my joke about Bloomberg's campaign and how to spend half a billion. To that end, that's just sort of artificial inflation. You're artificially buying the the spots, the conversation. Uh, there's not a lot of organic. There's not a lot of the other of the pillars there, which causes a steeper drop. It seems like when you are uh, only over-indexing on one of those pillars. It is going to be an artificial, very short-lived high, and you won't achieve momentum, which is a bit more of a sustained period of time. Is that? that that's right. And also, um, what was interesting to us as we were doing the analysis is Bloomberg never had velocity. He never had engagement. So he was, he was talking to people, um, but they weren't talking back to him. And as soon as he went into an interactive conversation is when he was rejected. Because um, nobody really wanted to talk about what he wanted, what his issues were, or um, in the way that he was engaging. And so it's a really good lesson. And in the book, I talk about it. You can't buy momentum. You think you can, but um, we, we've now seen a sort of a textbook example of you can't. And corporations try to do it. Authenticity is a key driver of momentum, and um, and people can sniff it out. And I think what we what we see in politics and corporations, if you're not being authentic, um, people will reject it. It seems like nonprofits may actually have a leg up 
in some respect with regard to at least the social impact element and authenticity elements of your fundamentals here. That said, I, you know, I rarely, from my point of view, see a nonprofit or that type of cause driven by an organization gain momentum. And my hint on it is that money may not be able to buy it, but lack of money might be able to slow that thing down a little bit or even hurt it. Now we've got to flip it on the other side. Um, nonprofits oftentimes can't get the mass to make a difference. They, there's a requisite level of scale that's required. Now, if there is a uh, obvious crisis, if there's a injustice, if there's something that needs to be addressed, uh, nonprofits can do it with little money. But uh, um, typically, if it's a day-to-day -day issue, um, there has to be some mass. And so with, 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 with nonprofits, I think their biggest issue is how do you get, um, how do you put an organization in place that can get the mass you need, but have the velocity and the engagement that's really going to make the organization uh, uh, relevant and impactful. And it, it's, it's a constant challenge for nonprofits because they're always balancing those two. I would argue they should over-index on velocity and be as uh, engaging, provocative, and, and, and polarizing with a small p, not Trump polar polarizing, but, but provocative polarizing, and the mass will take care of itself. Today, the world has sort of moved in their direction, but it, it means they have to take uh, more chances. Now, that's really a benefit. When you have momentum, you can take it. You can you can take more risks. You can try more innovation. And even if you don't do it right, people will forgive you. And so, with the nonprofit going on error on the velocity side, uh, should have benefit for them and allow them to be successful. Can you unpack nonprofit mass for me? Well, what are the what are the dimensions of understanding um, what the organization, what's their mission, uh, um, what are they trying to achieve, how will we know that they've achieved it? So, what is that understanding, and then how um, uh, how relevant is that to the, to the audience, and how many people can you get to um, to understand it? Yeah, so I guess their DNA their makeup, like what they're standing for, their story at, at its core. And then the velocity is the type of activities they're doing to bring that into dialogue with the stakeholders. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and I think sometimes, you know, being really clear what your, what your objective is, what you stand for, what your DNA is. Sometimes um, there's not enough effort put into that, getting that really clear and specific. Sometimes it's, it's a little amorphous or vague, um, which which can hinder your ability to create mass. This is helping me think more about the nonprofit velocity activities. And sometimes, and if you're looking at like the last case examples, the last four years, it feels more that the velocity was being struck by lightning, right? You've got uh, organizations who, you know, maybe Trump has gone after and suddenly they get, you know, millions of donations overnight, right? Like, oh, right. we're working for immigrants across the... Who knew that that small organization was going to... So in a world where sometimes lightning can strike, maybe it is because your mass has really solidified you in that area and lightning hits you. Um, one, what is your feeling on that where it's just like, all right, just luck is over-indexing here. And two, what do we do once we know we have that unstable bit of momentum in our favor? 
you're exactly right that there's um you know every client used to say that they wanted the what was it the ALS um ice bucket challenge oh I would like one of those one ALS please and you're because like but they, they would say just give me something that's gonna just, go viral just do the viral thing right and uh, I'm like oh you know you're the they, momentum I, guy you just do do that but that was actually part of the inspiration for the book is that people thought that it was so um easy to get and it forced me to sort of study and analyze well what are the core components of why that of why that happened it, it actually was a part of my um, momentum analysis but you're right it's um, Trump set up a situation where issues became relevant and the organizations that um, were addressing those issues suddenly be, became well funded I think the next step is um, now that we have this um, uh, behavior and expectation that these organizations should be funded, that these are relevant issues. Now, what's the twist going to be? Because Trump's not going to be president forever. We're going to, um, but how do these organizations stay relevant? What's their um, take? What's their innovation going to be? And so if I have a criticism of nonprofits is they are um, some of the worst. They get stuck on one idea and then they never get off it. And it, it, they wait until it can die down to almost zero to decide to change. So I have I have a client, which I'm not going to go into who it is, but is one of the most um, relevant and innovative education um, uh, nonprofits around. But they've been doing the same thing for 10 years the same way, and they wonder why they're uh, shrinking. And it's because they haven't innovated. They haven't done anything to change their message, their mission, make it more relevant for today's world. And yes, that will ultimately lose momentum. People want to see a transformation and nonprofits have to move from where they start and continue to evolve with um, uh, uh, the issue or the cause over time. It's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a mistake that nonprofits make that failure to want to change. Or at least it seems like experiment with new velocity type activities while keeping your DNA, but the same constants of mass and velocity activity is not going to maintain momentum. Yeah, correct. Don't don't change. We're not asking you to be inauthentic in any way, but understand that, yeah, it has to change. And the velocity activities and the velocity messages have to have to uh, evolve. Is there anything you can do? You know, like this is a high class problem, right? You're on, you know, you're on Oprah, you're on all the channels, and you are crushing it. But in the back of your mind, hopefully, if you are a reasoned, seasoned human, you know it won't last. It's going to last a week or two weeks. If we're dealing with a disaster and you are in the eye of the storm, right. and donations are flooding in, is there any activity that you can do, A, to keep momentum a little bit longer, and B, sow the seeds for maybe future velocity activities that you would recommend or have seen done? What I see is if, if 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 you're in if you're in your moment and you're reaching uh, uh, peak momentum, that's actually the t you you exactly that's exactly the time to think about what's your next activity, what's what's that next expansion going to be, uh, so that you can keep that group with you and maintain that momentum. So um, it's it's what is the um, the transformation. Um, what are the people when you have momentum, people want to collaborate with you. They want to be part of you. What are you going to give them to stay with you for something else? Because you're right. The, the, the natural disaster will be over, but the community is still there. There's other issues that you can address. 
you have people who believed you and trusted you. How can you now move them on to a different issue, a different part of the um, world? That's oftentimes, again, people lose the momentum because they take a breath. And when you're up is exactly the time when you have to go find the next thing. You can't, if you wait until it slows down or you're on the descent, you've lost momentum and it's very hard to get back. That's, uh, you know, I think helpful for any organization who's, uh, you know, in that eye of the storm and, and hopefully thinking about, all right, at least am I sowing the seeds for the, the next opportunity, even though it can't be held because you're right, after all said and done, it doesn't matter that, you know, maybe a disaster has a three-month life cycle. Uh, the people are, you know, still rebuilding in New Orleans, right? Like, that's yeah. still going on. Yeah, and, and what and what's part of your what what is that uh, essential part of your mission that uh, that does stay relevant um, going forward? It, it the, the biggest issue that we make in our personal life uh, and our business and our issues is if we wait until our momentum has slowed, it's too late and it's going to be harder than if we just realize that we were in a moment with that we were achieving momentum and then we were thinking about the next thing so that we could transfer it it's so much easier to keep moving forward than to you know, go up and forward all right mike we're going to be moving to the rapid fire soon uh, and i appreciate you uh humoring me as i uh, meander through your carefully formulated uh, approach here in some ways i think there are many organizations that do a lot of momentum chasing as opposed to momentum creating. And it kind of drives me nuts that like someone's like real great ideas, like the ALS challenge. You're like, Oh, we should call them. And like, but they would call them right at the peak of their success and be like expecting them to partner as they're part of their strategy. And you're like, on what planet are you? Like, you know, AOC is like top of the charts. We should call her to do our fundraise. Like What? So talk to me one about, is that, am I off base here? Is it a strategy or a possible strategy to momentum chase? Or I'd say like, how do you find that undervalued potential idea before it pops so that you can be a, a part of that? Um, chasing momentum is a losing proposition and uh, it doesn't work because there, there are many, there are many things that um, uh, there are many things that have gained Momentum, and once they're going uh, and they have their velocity, they're going to be really hard to associate. What you have to do is identify um, a trend early on and get ahead of them. So I'm looking, like I said, I'm always looking for uh, trends that are beginning that I see have potential, and those are the ones that I direct my clients to. Now, sometimes, you know, they don't want to take a chance or take a risk. If you would have gone with AOC while she was running for office. Uh, and, and the first race in college, you would have thought she's going to lose. No chance. Okay, now she's hot. Now she's leading it. Um, she's on to her own issues, and she's using her momentum to, uh, uh, to, to build her stature and her impact. But there are plenty of other issues. There are plenty of other people that you just have to spot and, and, and go. And so it requires a level of rigor. Yeah. Yeah. Other elements that you look for with regard to like the smoke before fire, early resonance, passion, emotion, sentiment analysis. I am so by the numbers. It would probably be frustrating. I look for people that have engagement. Who is who? Ha, who has velocity? I don't need. 
mass will come. And AOC is a perfect example. She had velocity before she had mass. And so her velocity um, led to mass. And that's and 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 on all the issues, I'm looking for those things. Um, I'm not looking for the hottest thing. I'm looking for what's the most engaging, provocative, starting interesting um, uh, dialogue on something new. And those were that's where my interest is. But it's all numerically based. I, I don't. There's very little emotion. And there's also I take my own judgment and instincts out of it. Because I can be wrong. The, the, the things that have the most momentum will feel uncomfortable in the beginning. In fact, if they don't feel uncomfortable, they're likely not going to get you what you want. All right, Mike. You've survived thus far. This has been very uh, – I mean, it's entertaining for me, and frankly, it's the only reason this podcast exists. I appreciate your time. I want to go into rapid fire. Uh, okay. We have some fun questions for you. Please keep your responses to about 30 seconds. Uh, are you ready? Yeah. What is one tech tool or website that you or your organization has started using in the last year? It's the one that we created, the M factor, to create momentum, mass times velocity. And it, um, being able to assign a number to any product, brand, issue has been wonderful. Talk to me about any tech issues that you're currently battling with. Oh, closed data. Like, um, I don't know why platforms aren't, aren't open. It, 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 it makes life much harder. We should have full transparency of all data everywhere. I think China may have another issue with that. <laughs> you know, and look where it got them. What is coming in the next year that has you the most excited? Well, I mean, the flip side to that is um, we believe that everything is knowable. You just have to know where uh, to look. And we're seeing that more data is becoming available every year with the exception of those closed platforms. Do you believe that nonprofits can successfully go out of business? Yes. I I think once, once they get them, what, that's, I think, having the courage to go out of business. If I were to throw you in a hot tub time machine back to the beginning of when you were writing the book, what advice would you give yourself? Um, I think that um, the most important thing is to sort of to take more chances. Uh, that's, that's the issue that, um, that's the issue that we're the most uncomfortable as we, be, as I become more provocative, people have suddenly become more interesting. What is something you think you or your organization should stop doing? Um, we should stop trying to be so perfect. I'm trying to get my organization to operate at 70% and then ship. And so uh, striving for a level of perfection that is not required in today's world is the, is the toughest thing to, uh, to get out of my organization. If I were to give you a Harry Potter wand for waving across the social impact industry that includes, let's say, B Corp, social entrepreneurs and nonprofits, what would it do? Actually, for my thing, it's stop business as usual. I, I think just because we did it last year doesn't mean we have to do it this year. The idea of just sort of continuing the past is is uh, every year should be a refresh and thinking about things new. How did you get started in your work? You'll laugh at this. Um, I uh, from the beginning I knew that I wanted to be a kingmaker and not a king because I lost two elections for student council and I realized that if I was going to be a politician uh, I could lose and then I was just a loser. If I was a political consultant I could always just move on. To the next candidate, win or lose, I, I keep moving forward so I could keep my momentum. You momentum-chasing guy. No, from the time I was 16, no, 
this woman beat me. Uh, Karen Underhill beat me, and when I was in junior year and in senior year, and I thought two-time loser. That's not going to work going forward. Had your number. She she did. She's in the book. Karen Underhill beat me. Oh gosh, I'm glad I asked that. Uh, <laughs> A little therapy session here. What advice would you give college grads currently looking to enter the social impact economy? Um, to stop thinking about the as the social impact economy. It's just the economy. And uh, in fact, I'm I get frustrated when people say I'm creating a social impact company or I'm do I want to invest in social impact companies? I'm like, no, dude, you're in the wrong mindset. That is just the world we live in. Stop, stop putting, stop putting it into a bucket. It is, ju- it just is. Predictions are hard, especially when they're about the future. Will Trump win re-election? Will Trump win re-election? Uh, he is gonna. It's gonna be. It, I'll tell you this. It's not Trump versus Biden. It's Trump versus Trump. Let's be very clear. Uh, will Trump win re-election? Tell me how the economy is doing and how Corona is doing. But Biden is irrelevant to that decision. That I'll tell you. What is your favorite question to ask someone? Um, are your best days ahead or behind? Because everybody's uh, – it's a very interesting question to ask. It's an easy question to answer. My best days are ahead. But it's a hard question to be truthful. And so um, I respect people who actually take the time to think about it and and reflect. And what's interesting is that people who say their best days are behind, I actually can usually work with more because we can take specific steps to move it forward. The people that just quickly say, man, I'm flying. I'm like, really? You know, let's talk about it. What advice did your parents give you that you either chose to follow or ignore? My parents were incredible enablers who um, were happy for me to fall flat on my face. So they always told me, don't play it so safe. <laughs> it, it wasn't always that helpful because sometimes they had to pick me up and dust me off. But they were, my parents encouraged me to be an extreme risk taker, which meant from a very early age, um, I was, you know, uh, taking some real chances. Mike, you've been incredibly generous with your time. A final question for you. How do people find you? How do people help you? Uh, the book is called Maximum Momentum. Our website is uh, decodem.com. Uh, and um, the, the last thing is that um, the book is available uh, on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, it goes on sale on March 31st. Uh, we're very excited about this one, Hyper Relevant. The book is Maximum Momentum. Thanks again, Mike. Hey, thank you very much. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at Whole Whale. And thanks for joining us. A fun note for you, we have added a way for you to send us questions about episodes or marketing or nonprofit strategies. Just go to wholewhale.com slash podcast and there's a way for you to leave us an audio message. Special thanks, as always, to gregthomasmusic.org. You are awesome, Greg. Hope you're doing well. gregthomasmusic.org. Use it. It's music.